Have you ever dreamed of being able to make more money, live a better life, and have the financial freedom that's rightfully yours? Well now is your chance. With an engaging perspective and tone, your host Ryan Dement will guide you through your journey to financial freedom one step at a time. Let's get to it. Here is your host Ryan Dement. Hey guys, Ryan Dement from Chasing Financial Freedom Podcast. I hope you're having a great day. Today, I have the honor of a special guest, Zoe. And I met Zoe online through a podcast group and we just started talking. And Zoe's story is very inspirational on many fronts. And we're going to have her on both this podcast and our Chasing Happiness podcast. So Zoe, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on short notice. And I am honored to be speaking to you. You're welcome. Very welcome. So we had a very good, great conversation this past weekend about your history, your life, and it's very inspirational. But before we get into that, can you tell the audience a little bit about you, who you are? Okay. So my name's Zoe and I'm from Lincoln in the UK and I am an advocate of mental health. Okay. So you're over the you're on the other side of the pond and you are 8 hours ahead of me now so we got you Monday night here so thank you for taking time out of your day to do this. No problem. Anytime. I'm privileged to be here right. Oh, thank you. So let's uh, get right into it. So you talked about all the things that you've done in life and things that, that have gone on. So can you give a little bit of your background of your life and share a little bit of your history so people know where you've been and where you're at and what you're trying to accomplish now? Yeah. So let's just give a brief overview. Keep it simple on this one. So I had a breakdown back in 2016 that brought me into services as an inpatient, very poorly, absolutely shattered my world. Took a couple of years to rehabilitate in the community and integrate to a functioning state, which I am today. And I still struggle and still manage daily on a day-to-day basis. But that then in turn inspired me to want to work within mental health services to also help others. So... You you had a, a, I call it a break in life and, and it's, I know it's more than a reset, but that's how we talked about it. And you were pretty much, that was your lowest point in life. When you say services, I don't know here over in the United States, that could be many things. What, how would you describe service? Can you talk a little bit about the bed and breakfast that you talked about? <laughs> That yeah, I know I'm, so, I'm laughing because it's a different terminology here, but it gives the listeners an idea of where you're at and what you were dealing with at the time. Yeah, yeah. So I had a severe mental health breakdown. I was predominantly diagnosed at that time, which I'd not suffered with before, transient psycho, psychotic disorder, psychosis, OCD, and I have multiple diagnoses, which have been added since as well. However, um, 
on that journey, I ended up an inpatient on a psychiatric ward. Didn't know if I was ever going to come out, let alone recover. And then on my journey, I've been homeless, blessed not to have to go onto the streets, but put into that bed and breakfast, not knowing what my future held while holding down an apprenticeship, which I was lucky to gain because I didn't have no qualifications to work within the NHS. On my journey, wanting to give back to the inpatient services that I'd received. So yeah, so I've become homeless, living out of a and b with my son, still on that recovery journey while trying to gain qualifications to gain, maintain long-term employment. It just seemed to go like this. Or I'm not sure how much you want me to share. So I'll just follow your lead. No, no, it's yours. I know it's your story and I'm not trying to step on it, but I'll ask you some questions in between. It is, it's a lifetime journey, I know, for mental health and where you've been and all the things that you're doing. We, we had a great conversation. I guess the first question I'm going to ask is, you got to the B&B. How did that affect you initially once that shock set in and you're like, okay, I need to do something to where you're at today and how do you reflect on that? First and foremost, I have to hold that job down because that was critical because when I came into services I was low in self-esteem I had no self-worth my confidence was shattered my social skills I couldn't sit and converse like we are now for sure Mm -hmm. going through that apprenticeship training it was like stage by stage because I didn't just go straight in on an apprenticeship either I started as a volunteer to build up my social skills and manage my mental health as well but the apprenticeship gave me a purpose as well because I was aiming to get these qualifications to enable me to gain and maintain meaningful employment to me which in turn enabled me to grow independence so I wasn't reliant on let's say seeking love in the wrong pockets of life not Mm -hmm. having to lean on someone making sure that I was secure in my environment. So I was keeping hold of this apprenticeship. And the further I went with the apprentice, the more my confidence grew, the more competent I become within my role. roles. I then not only gained the equivalent GCSEs, I gained a advanced diploma because I dropped out of school early. I had my firstborn very young. I was only sweet 16. What is an advanced degree? It was an advanced diploma. So it's obviously a degree is a degree when you go to uni, the diploma. I didn't have to go to uni. It was on the job learning. So I got paid as I worked. Poor wage, but I was getting, I was earning the skills as I was I was earning the skills in the job as I was getting paid as well to complete my qualifications. So now I've got them for life. So before I couldn't get into any public sector because I didn't have the basics to hit the criteria and, and essentials. And that went back to self-worth and confidence as well because I had none because I didn't have no underpinning and getting that apprenticeship enabled me to <coughs> grow these skills develop the insight, develop the educational key skills I needed as well to progress professionally. So to cut a long story short, yeah, so within the first 20 months of working for the NHS, not only completed the advanced diploma and the GCSEs, I gained two promotions. 
And then in the full three years of service, I was nominated for five awards. I was recognised and awarded both within the whole of the Lincolnshire public sector. That's all services, so the council, everyone was at this award ceremony. And last year winning the National for Healthcare Heroes Award um, for Apprentice of the Year as well. So fantastic. So the more my confidence grew, the more I gained independence. I got more competent, more self-worth, a sense of identity and a purpose and felt validated in life as well because I knew that I was impacting positively on other people's mental health by promoting that hope and inspiration to others that also they can achieve, which all comes down to having that independence with your finances. So did the independence and after you went through your first steps of, as you, you're I'm paraphrasing, as you stated that you were basically working for free, as you got more confidence and you started to get promoted, how did that make you feel? Mm-hmm. So you were able to build more confidence for yourself as you got more promotions. And how did that translate to life for you in the sense of, did it give you the ability to start thinking that there's more coming for you and it's going to be better? Yeah, absolutely. For me, Ryan, the gift isn't given. So when I know I've positively impacted on someone's mental health, whether that could be a something that may be minuscule to somebody else, like I know how it feels to feel overwhelmed just to put a CV together. The majority of that might just be nothing to me I couldn't do that at one stage I needed an employment specialist to hold my hand if you like and show me these skills that I wasn't taught so if I can help just one person like we were saying the other day if we can just help one person it's not just one person it's that infiltration and ripple effect throughout the family moving forward because if you can help promote hope and install that self-worth and contribute towards that validation and see that achievement within someone and see them grow which I have done it's phenomenal and that's priceless so to me yeah the gift is in given yeah so how in that sense from your journey to now how does one actually start making that change because I know it's a process and working through all those things How did it work for you and what did you do for yourself? And why I'm asking is the inspiration piece, because all of this ties in. It's I view this as being your own boss. It's the same thing as you have to start at some point. And that point is typically the the bottom and you have to work Mm -hmm. your way up to get there. But there's days that are worse than others. There's days that are better than others. But you ultimately never give up. And from our conversation we had over the weekend, you never gave up and you always kept moving forward, even though it was hard. But how did, how did that work for you? And, and how can we give some of our listeners some inspiration? First of all, speak out and ask for help. Honestly, I if I'd have disclosed a lot sooner than I did as I got further in life, for sure. And first and foremost, my kids and grandkids come first regardless so that was my fight while I was an impatient and then moving forward it was do you know what 
I've been married not once, twice, and it's failed because you become codependent. And as we've spoke about, it's the old argument, nature, nurture. Is it because of the environmental um, influences and impacts, factors, or is it how you've perceived how life should be, living, settling for certain behaviours or relationships? And so basically, yeah, I, I asked for help. I took that help and I utilised that help to the max. And I knew, right, no. I've got to do this so that I don't ever fall into those patterns again because it's so easy to become for it to become habitual to lean on someone just because it's comfort and it's normalized to you it's your normal so to step out of that is huge it's huge so sometimes yeah we do need that support and we do need that hand-holding process and it's nothing to be ashamed of but if you're gonna do it go for it and really maximize that support because believe me, I never let them go once I got them. I was a pain in the butt. But it was all in a good place and for a good reason. So, But with the promotions, you, you kept on growing and you got awards and so forth. That translated to money, correct? As in you started earning. Did it start becoming a livable wage once you got out of your internship? Or did it take time to get you to where it was livable? I'll be honest, the um, apprenticeship was rubbish. So you was talking 15 grand a year, but I managed to up that by an extra 10 in the 20 months with the two promotions. So the whole piece, you were working for free, but you were really building yourself up for what you really wanted to do was to help people ment with mental health. But at the same yeah. time, you were able to walk the walk and talk the talk because you were there yourself. But now mm -hmm. has, how has that all translated for you today and where you're at? Share a little bit about what we talked about on Saturday, about the thing, a few of the things that you're trying to do and then wrap it all up in you're now in a different place financially, but also you're in a better place mentally also. And just talk about those three things. When I was working in rehab, on a female locked secure ward, I identified that it would be a really positive achievement for the patients if we could place a shop within the NHS. Now we did have, we do have a cafe and it's fantastic for what it does. It promotes the employment skills of people when they're integrating back into the community. Not everyone that's suitable for, especially if you've got like eating disorders and OCD and some people just don't want to work around food. So I was talking to the girls um, that I worked with daily and I said, what about a shop? What about if you get some skills doing retail or even marketing and promoting online, get some digital skills, IT skills? And we spoke about it at length. And in the end of the case study, an unidentifiable one, and they was just absolutely loving it. So I, I went off with this case study and put together a presentation with their comments and uh, started knocking the doors high up within the NHS. And I went straight to the top to the chair. <laughs> I'm annoying, Ryan. Once I get VMAB on it, I get that tunnel vision. And I just know how important it is to gain them employment skills because a lot of these girls are not, well, a lot of any, anyone, some people, um, just don't have those tools in life to get a job 
or know where to start or even to identify what they would like, what's meaningful to them. So anyway, I got directed, signposted to a director of strategy within that trust. And uh, yeah, so I managed to get a meeting like this with this lady and I just went for it on this presentation. And at the end of it, she just started laughing and she said, do you know what, Zoe, that's brilliant. She says, of course, I'll sponsor you. So that was it. It was like, yeah, but then I got the other promotion. So I had to step out of, I was coming out of inpatient services to work in corporate services. So this meant that we couldn't put this program because we even got down to picking furniture and everything for this shop, but because we weren't going to be able to integrate it within rehabilitation services and it no longer suited the role that I was in. Hey, I'm a single mum. I needed the job that, and I'd worked hard for it. So we put that to the back burner. So then I become an employment specialist, which was my dream job. The same as what the lady was who was appointed to me originally when I got into volunteering for the NHS. So there was no way I was going to leave that. So I worked that for a good year and a half and I worked closely with the Department of Work and Pensions and many other services like the Prince's Trust and helping people to get into employment like I did. And numerous times people would say to me, how do I refer someone in to get your support, Zoe? With these colleagues I was working alongside and I was like, you can't, they have to be, unless they're under community mental health teams or as an outpatient, as a consultant, they won't be eligible. So I identified that gap. So I just couldn't, I just couldn't sit on this project idea. I just, I just knew there was more I could do with this. So yeah, I took the leap. So this is where I am today. I'm out there networking with the projects in the community. I've managed to get supported by a fantastic local organisation in Lincolnshire called Shine, who are very aligned with what I'm about. They're absolutely amazing. So they fund projects, they signpost individuals to mental health services to build confidence skills again and to bring people together in projects, groups, to network, to build self-esteem and to also reduce isolation which in turn reduces the impact and outcomes of suicide. So they're helping and they've supported me to secure premises to launch my own project and pilot throughout this year as of for All right, guys, that was a great interview with Zoe. Very powerful where she's gone from being homeless and as she said, living in a bed and breakfast to where she now has a roof over her head. She's been promoted three times and she's working in the f mental health space to where she feels like she can make the biggest impact from her perspective on others like they did to her. And all during that time, she was trying to get herself together mentally, but then also was struggling financially. And she had to tie the two together to make it all work. That's huge, guys. Somebody that's hit rock bottom by being homeless and then all of a sudden has been able to turn it around, put a roof over her head in a short period of time, but then also start making an impact in others and have a vision to build a business on her own so she can impact and help others in the same situation she was in 
So they too can actually start thriving. Very, very powerful. All right, guys, I'll see you next week. Be safe, be healthy. Talk to one another. It is okay to have conversations and we are human beings. We are going to disagree. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'll see you guys on the other side. Have a good one.